Support for Innovation Hub comes from Cambridge Savings Bank. Introducing the CSB1 package, a checking account combined with investing through Connect Invest to help you build a better tomorrow. cambridgesavings.com/csb1. Welcome to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. In 2015, football player Rob Gronkowski went on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and Kimmel asked him, this was kind of a stunt, to read a passage from an erotic book on the air. Here's what Gronkowski said to Kimmel, and this made headlines the next day. I mean, I haven't read a book since ninth grade when they made me, like, (laughs) you know, you don't raise your hand, but they call on you, a mocking to remember or whatever, mockingbird to remember. Right. Yeah. He went to the University University of Arizona, folks, by the way. Let me hold on. And Gronkowski's approach to reading is actually not all that unusual. A 2003 study found that about 93 million American adults, that's almost 40 percent of adults in the country, read at basic or below basic levels. Mark Seidenberg has spent years studying reading and how good we are at it. He's a professor of psychology and cognitive neuroscience at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and the author of Language at the Speed of Sight, How We Read, Why So Many Can't, and What Can Be Done About It. Mark, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. So I talked about that study showing that almost 40% of American adults read at basic or below basic levels of reading. That was kind of shocking for me. I wonder, did it surprise you? It did. It's a very large number. And, you know, this is large numbers, not just people who are poor and haven't had the opportunity to learn to read, but includes people from a pretty broad spectrum of economic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of people in a lot of positions, jobs, situations, and so on, who have pretty limited reading skills. Do you think that the people who you might classify as having basic or having below basic reading skills, would they think of themselves as not very good readers? Oh, that's such a good question. I don't think they would evaluate their reading that way. It's more that reading is not a major part of their lives that is beyond, you know, really simple kinds of reading. And unfortunately, you know, the amount of time you spend on the task actually influences your skill throughout the lifespan. And so the question of whether they would see themselves as good or poor readers is more like, oh, reading's not really that important to me. Hmm. When we say, like, people are just a basic reader or they read at below basic level, which apparently something like 40% of the country does, like, what does that mean practically? What are these people reading? What are they not reading? What are they understanding? What are they not understanding? The terms basic and below basic are ones that are used to describe people who we don't want to just talk about people as illiterate, can't read anything. There are relatively few of those. Um, We have people who can read. They can read basic things for their work, but don't read outside of it or read minimally, and who really will not be able to do things like manage their own health care because there's a lot of reading involved in going through those documents about what to do, instructions from your physician. They won't be able to help out with their own children's education to the extent that they might like because the kid is coming home with things that are more demanding than they themselves are able to handle. So they're not engaging in more complex texts, and they're not able to gain from them the kinds of knowledge that you can only get from that kind of text, and they're not seeking them out. So they sort of never get practice looking at complicated sentences, and then when they have to, like if you have a complicated disease or something and somebody gives you a sheet on it, 
you just it, you don't have any practice doing it. Yeah, the the amount of experience one has reading and the kinds of texts one reads has a huge impact on skill and on ability to learn from text and on ability to evaluate what one's reading or compare one document to another. And, you know, right in the current era, the ability to evaluate the kinds of things that are out there on the Internet and on Twitter and so on is a really crucial skill. And I'm concerned that people, not enough people, have the ability to go beyond the 140-word tweet to kind of figure out what's true and what, how they could figure out, find out what's true. And that, that's based in part on reading. Hmm. So let me take a step back and ask some bigger questions. One is, is people's ability to read something that's gotten better or worse over, say, the last, like, 40 or 50 years? Are we in a downward trajectory? Are we, like, steadily climbing upwards to more people being better readers? We're on a very, very slow trajectory to people becoming better readers. The problem is it's not a very steep increasing curve. Um, so people are better. They have to be better. So the kinds of texts, you know, there are these changes over time in what people need to know. So the skills that would have been relevant 50 years ago and would have made you a great reader 50 years ago would not be adequate for today. You know, the, the bars keep moving. Mm -hmm. And so in one sense, yes, reading abilities are improving. However, uh, not well enough for enough people, and certainly lots of people, they're not moving very much at all. How do we compare to other countries? Are we better readers, worse readers? What's going on? Well, this is a source of a huge controversy because the United States, on these various comparisons to other countries, always comes out sort of in the middle of the pack and mediocre and has for a long time. The way it works is the United States system works very well for some people, uh, okay for others, and really poorly for a large number of people. And our reading abilities, if you look at the whole range of them, overlap with those from other countries. However, we have fewer people at the high end and more people at the low end. I'm Kara Miller. You're listening to Innovation Hub, and I'm talking with Mark Seidenberg, professor of psychology and cognitive neuroscience at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He's also the author of the book, Language at the Speed of Sight. So here's the root question of all this. Why are we not good at teaching kids to read in school? I mean, is this something that we just have not really figured out how to teach effectively? Well, in the book, I talk about the disconnect between what we know about reading from various scientists around the world having studied it for a long time and um, what teachers are taught about how reading works and children learn. So... On the education side, I'd, I don't think we're doing an adequate job in preparing teachers for teaching kids to read. I think they are left to figure it out on their own, which is not effective for them or for the children. And um, on the science side, we see lots of things that we know about reading that really could be translated into better practices, but there's this disconnection. And so the conversation doesn't take place. So the simple answer is, yes, we know quite a lot about how children learn to read and what the sources of successes and failures are and things that would be necessary uh, to become a skilled reader. On the practice side, we're not making much connection with that research. And in fact, teachers are sort of left with misconceptions about how reading works that really make scientists pull their hair out. How 
is that possible? Like, we did not start trying to teach kids to read yesterday. So if this science is around and, you know, elementary schools have been around for a while, how is it possible that you've got scientists and universities who, like, no, these are good ways to teach reading. These aren't really that effective. And you've got teachers across the country doing sort of whatever and trying to figure it out for themselves. How have we not like forged a better connection between those people to say, hey, you know that thing you're trying to do? We've been studying that. Let us help you out. Well, I wrote the book in part because I've been saying that for many years, uh, and so have many (laughs) other reading scientists in this country and in other countries. This is a big enterprise with a lot of people doing this kind of research. And in country after country, you have the scientists sort of being pushed aside as though these things that we've learned aren't really relevant. Why? Why are the scientists being pushed aside and who's pushing them? Basically, there's been a split between education and science from the start. And the educators are often uh, intellectually isolated. They're in their own uh, part of the, the university. And um, the opportunities for exchanging ideas with other people who study things like reading are limited. And basically, over a long period of time, that they've developed sort of a rationalization for why this is okay. Educators think that teachers, prospective teachers, cannot be taught and should not be taught methods for teaching reading. It's not part of teacher preparation. It's not part of teacher training. Uh, whereas on the science side, we would say, hey, We should be thinking about how what we know about reading and children's learning can be turned into effective methods and what the implications are for what should happen in the classroom. So there's a very big cross-cultural divide that has been very difficult to bridge. And I wrote the book in part because I was tired of getting turned away at the door. If you were a parent um, who maybe was never really into reading that much. You know, um, you've got a kid now who's either learning to read in school or is going along in school and obviously reading sort of part of, of part of what they do every day. What would you do to help your child if, like, reading was really never your thing? Well, it doesn't have to be the parent's thing. Um, there are all sorts of things that parents or ca- other caregivers can do to help the kid get into reading. Um, Many of them start before the kid even goes to school. Spoken language is really hugely important. So the range of things that children hear spoken to them and um, the vocabulary that they hear, the different uses of language that they hear just in speaking uh, is really uh, crucial to language development, spoken language development. And that is a huge factor in becoming a reader. So a lot of the things that you can do for a child don't actually turn on you, the parent, being a reader, but rather um, building the language, being aware that the language that you use with your kid is important. One of the things that's really interesting is we all talk about reading books to children. One of the great things about reading books to children is it gets them interested in books, but the other thing is the language in those books is really interesting. It includes words that and expressions that we wouldn't normally use in right. speech. And, right. and so when you read to your kid, you're actually building their spoken language. That, that parent doesn't have to be a reader. That parent just has to be able to read to their kid. What would you say to somebody who's like, listen, I mean, okay, so 40% of the country reads at basic or, or below basic levels. Maybe that's not the greatest, but look, we've got 
a, a really strong economy in many ways. There's a lot of invention. There's a lot of entrepreneurship. A lot of the most creative companies in the world um, sit in the United States, are headquartered in the United States, were created by Americans. Maybe we don't need to be any better in reading. Well, then who's going to get left behind there? So it's true that the United States has had the biggest economy uh, and continues to do so. And it's a sort of dystopian view that it's only going to take a literate elite to lead our country forward. Uh, this seems to me a recipe for a, a society that has even greater inequalities than it has now. Hmm. Mark Seidenberg is the author of Language at the Speed of Sight, How We Read, Why So Many Can't, and What Can Be Done About It. He's also a professor of psychology and cognitive neuroscience at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Mark, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. We're glad to be here. We've got a reading test for you on our Facebook page so you can gauge your own reading level. That's at facebook.com slash innovationhubradio. 